Welcome to Added Value, where we talk about all things ad tech, martech, advertising, digital, technological, and try to make sense of it all. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Throughout this podcast, we're going to invite various guests in the industry to come on and give their take on all things MarTech, etc. If you have any feedback or suggestions, give us a shout at addedvaluepodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's do this. I'm Haley, and so long as you don't hate this podcast, I'll be your host. Welcome back to another season of Added Value. We have a very special first guest for season two. I've been trying to get this person on the podcast for four years, even though the podcast has been around for six months, because uh, they're a very close partner of Drawbridges and one of my favorite people there. I said one of because one I've, of, yeah. I have to maintain lots of relationships well, you there. You have but... been talking to me three more years than we've known each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Everyone, welcome Tyler to the podcast. Hello. I purposely didn't introduce what you do at Foursquare. Or even because, my last name. It's or even your last name. No, it's, it's I get, totally I get the, secretive. I get the full intro. Yeah, I want you to be able to do a full intro. We'll see if I can. Okay, so it's customary on the podcast to, of course, tell us what you do, Tyler S., but also what your parents think you do, which okay. is probably more interesting than what you actually do. Cool. <laughs> um, so my name, my full name is Tyler Simmons. Middle name, please. Tyler Maxwell Simmons. I am Senior Director of Global Sales Strategy and Operations, which is one of the longer titles. That is a big title. Is that yep. on a business card? I just, <laughs> it does, two lines. I just added the senior and the global. So that was a nice little, you know, two word bump. And uh, my parents think that I'm a truck driver. Oh, that's new. Driving around the country. Uh, no, my parents, I feel like I do a pretty reasonable job of explaining what I do to people who have no idea what internet advertising is. Mm-hmm. So my mom is like, well, he sends the ads on the, on the web, you know, follows, <laughs> that follow you around. The web. I go to Zappos and it follows <laughs> the shoes, follow me around. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> no, but I actually got my dad using Foursquare. And so he, get, he gets pings from the app and he's like, this is so cool. They knew I was at this restaurant. So that's nice. He's not freaked out. They have a reasonable understanding of yeah. location intelligence um, and what I do. I actually was able to explain, I was just on a trip, a trip with the Metropolitan Museum, where mm-hmm. my wife works, and uh, it was largely an older crowd of attendees, and I was able to explain to a table of octogenarians what I do with reasonable understanding, and I was pretty proud of myself. So Were they... like, oh, okay. Did they really, you think they really got it? Because like my mom's to... like, oh, I listened to your podcast, you make fun of me, and now I get what you do. She doesn't want to admit she doesn't know. <laughs> I get what you do and it's not appreciate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know that they would have been able to necessarily repeat what I do. They they got it. I got some head nods. Mm-hmm. Not as many quizzical looks as I was expecting. So. so your title is big and fancy and I know you do a lot, but what's your day-to-day look like? Who do you manage? What parts of the business are you integrated with? Sure. So um, I oversee our media operations team. So the traders mm-hmm. who are in the Drawbridge platform, doing media buying, targeting our location data. Um, I also oversee our partnerships with, so the the business level partnerships mm-hmm. with the likes of Drawbridge and other DSPs, data companies, creative solutions, ad serving, mm-hmm. measurement, whatever it might be. I have a team that is not nearly big enough to support that to help me <laughs> um, manage those relationships. You know, clients will ask for this type of reporting or this type of measurement mm-hmm. or data partner, or whatever. So we have to go you know, travel through the Loomiscape and find the right company to uh, to work with us on that. And I 
you know, go through the terms and um, the business arrangements and all of that. So it's both the operations and partnership mm -hmm. side, and I do quite a bit of sales support. So going in market um, with our salespeople is kind of a technical expert uh, mm -hmm. to talk about how we operate, data constructs, uh, measurement, all those types of things. So I want to deep dive more into Foursquare, how it's evolved. But first, I want to introduce Brian, who I always forget to introduce, but is very critical to the podcast. Hi, Brian. Hello. Good morning. Welcome, critical to, but not back. critical of. Yeah, that's true. Well, he is. No, he's not. He's not critical of. He's critical of unless he's participating a lot. Then he's like, this was great. <laughs> this is um, the best podcast yeah, we've done. Yeah, this is the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs> you should have me back more. No, I'm kidding. Hi, Brian. Hello. Good morning. All right. So let's dive into Foursquare. Don't forget Mike on the mic. Oh, Mike. I, so, so Mike. Hi, He's Mike. More of a ghost than me. <laughs> Mike doesn't want to join because we just figure, roast yeah. him the whole time. But he's, he's he's sitting very distant from his mic. Yeah. So. He's hi, Mike. Whispers hi. in the dark. Welcome back. Thanks. We're excited so be, excited you're on the podcast. Excited to be back for season two, Haley. Yeah, you seem <laughs> like are bolder stats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Matt, uh, Mike's our stat guy. A fan, it's fantastic. Yeah, I might fantastic. have some obscure stat <laughs> questions. I'm going to fact check you. will need to I will fill fact those check you. In. If you say something, even about what you do, he'll probably go online later and be like, that's not what your LinkedIn said. So it's <laughs> true. true. It's true. Then we'll have Keep to re-record re this. So back in 2009-10, I thought I was one of the first people to download Foursquare and use it. And so I was having breakfast with Tyler, and I'm like, yeah, I was like one of the first like 100, I'm sure. He's like, oh, what's your check-in number? And I told him, he's like, yeah, you're like first million. And I was like devastated, but let's start at the beginning. How did Foursquare come to market? What is the product? How has it evolved to Swarm? Sure. Um, so first million's pretty good. Really? Because it picked up steam really quickly. Uh, it must have been pretty wild to be one of the four people working with Dennis then. I actually saw him speak in New York, and then I think I He's the it. best speaker. He was great. He's the most unassuming mm -hmm. tech all-star I've ever met, and just so charismatic and such a great speaker. When did so. it officially launch, like go to my So it launched in 2009, um, but okay. that actually wasn't the beginning of it. Dennis, coming out of NYU Stern, came up with this concept for Dodgeball, and Dodgeball That's was right. the first iteration That's of Foursquare, right. yeah. which was basically the same thing. It was sharing your location, but really before smartphones and, it, you know, I, I don't even know if it was text-based or what, but it was interesting enough for Google to acquire it. But unfortunately mm -hmm. for Dennis, they sh he was owned by a giant company and then they shuttered it a couple of year later or something like that. But the dream was not dead. And Dennis said, what other schoolyard games can I name a company after? Um, <laughs> and uh, there's some interesting background on like the logo and funny thing. I probably shouldn't say that on the podcast, but um, we're leaving that in. Okay, tennis, don't kill me. <laughs> so he started Foursquare and was really, the timing was amazing because it was when mm -hmm. smartphones were widely adopted. I think I got yeah. my first iPhone, I think it was the first generation iPhone in 08 or 09. And so it was like right when phones had the capability yep. to effectively share location mm -hmm. and have inner, you know, an interface that was good for that. It grew like wildfire and we hit, I think we have over 60 million registered users globally over the eight years. Oh, I'll take first one million then. Yeah, yeah. right? That's like percentage-wise. Like founder. You are in great shape. <laughs> Co-founder. Do you own shares? Yeah, I do. No. But yeah, so it grew like wildfire. You know, we changed, when you think about it, we changed the industry and how 
other companies approach location. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, small companies like Facebook and Google um, have <laughs> such broad reach that when Facebook mm -hmm. added the check-in, I think people said like, oh, well, like if I can do it there, why do I need to do it Foursquare? Mm -hmm. So we still, you know, I think we, we plateaued as many apps do in terms of consumer interest. And then over the past three years, it's been a period of uh, evolution for the company where uh, first we split the app into Foursquare and Swarm, yep. um, now called Foursquare City Guide and Foursquare Swarm. And the idea behind that was, okay, there's a set of people who use the apps to check in and share their location. And there's a set of people who use it to find places to go. And there's likely a higher ceiling on that local search and discovery. Yeah, there isn't a great competitor to Yelp. So can we re-engineer our products into two different, two different markets? And you know, there have been bumps and bruises on the way. But I think from a usability standpoint, Swarm is great for life logging and checking in mm -hmm. and sharing location. And Foursquare, I honestly think, is the best uh, local search and discovery app, especially when you're traveling. Um, I exclusively use it pretty much all the time. Uh, I no started where last I time we talked. Yeah. We were going to, what was it, Iceland? We were yeah. we both just visited. Yeah, I, Amsterdam and, and yeah. Iceland. And I, you yeah. find such gems. Um, and I really trust the ratings. And so mm -hmm. from a consumer standpoint, I dig it. If you don't have it on your phone, listeners, download it because it's great. Yeah, um, do it. Shameless, I second that. Shameless plug. But, um, <laughs> plug away. But yeah, so that was the consumer story. And the other piece of the business is where we are today and how we got there is our entire enterprise and B2B suite. Mm -hmm. So we had small-scale advertising in-app um, as well as an audience extension play that before I joined in 2015, at the beginning of 2015, was fine and it was you know a good amount of money but nothing to really get too excited about but what we were sitting on was this gold mine of location data mm -hmm. um, and as a truly technology company we have the engineering chops and the, and the yep. capability to shape all of that data and capability into something else and so we've developed four business units the one that i oversee is pinpoint which is our mm -hmm. media and data offering it's what we partner most closely with drawbridge on yep it is understanding where people are right now or where they have been at a very, very accurate and granular level. So it could be anything from people visiting a Walmart to visiting a mom and pop pizza shop, uh, targeting them based on those behaviors right. for brands, for mm -hmm. brands and advertisers. Um, we also have a measurement product, which we also work with Robert John, that ties uh, online ad exposure to in-store foot mm -hmm. traffic. So if you want to see, I served ads to people for Starbucks, how many people actually went into the Starbucks after seeing the ad? It's a great solution for dining and retailers, anything where the transaction's happening yeah. in the store. It's a much faster way to get reporting than using one of the purchase-based studies. Yep. And is a really good a good way to, to measure kind of that mid-funnel activity in a very tangible offline way. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other two product lines are more enterprise. One is Foursquare Analytics, which is a business insights tool. We're working with investment firms, retail companies, mm -hmm. uh, beverage companies, anyone who wants to understand foot traffic behavior, market share um, to help for investments or store placements mm -hmm. or s sales staffing or whatever it might be, um, that's really taken off. And we have three of the top five hedge funds but they're they've tested this data they've put it through the ringer and then they've chosen to work with us which is awesome big wins um, and then yeah, awesome. the last one is uh, we just launched this at mobile world congress the addition to our developer suite so we already had an api that's mm -hmm. used by twitter and pinterest and uber and apple and microsoft samsung etc but we just launched our sdk solution called pilgrim which pilgrim 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 like the 
first settlers of the yeah i'll tell the, i'll tell the story behind that in a second yeah but, i need um, to hear more on that one <laughs> but uh it takes the background location solution that powers foursquare and so if you have foursquare you'll get location pings say hey you're at this pizza mm -hmm. place make sure you get a slice of pepperoni it takes that capability to understand people's contextual placement in the world very accurately and we call it uh, place snapping and puts that in other apps and so we have coupon mm -hmm. apps who are using it to, if you have a coupon at Kohl's, they'll ping you when you're at Kohl's to say, hey, don't forget to use your coupon. Um, mm -hmm. And one of our initial beta partners, SnipSnap, saw a 4x increase in coupon redemptions after installing our SDK um, with no user churn for background location. Interesting. So it's, mm -hmm. been, uh, it's been really cool to see that tested out over the past year. And now it's mass market and we're hoping for a lot of partnerships on that front. But it's really powering technology and other apps um, as compared with some other folks in the SDK, crowded SDK space that are just monetization or data collection SDKs, like we're actually powering function, um, which mm -hmm. is which is pretty cool. Are you guys pivoting mostly towards enterprise and those buckets that fall within it? We're evolving. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't use the P word. Evolution. Uh, it's an evolution. Uh, <laughs> but we are. I mean, uh, we were sitting on a mountain of data assets and technology assets. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started at Foursquare, most of the news was, oh, when's Foursquare going away? And now it's, wow, look at this amazing prediction mm. that Foursquare made, or look at this amazing new product or um, insight that Foursquare is able to provide. And so I think we've reimagined ourselves as this location intelligence company, both mm -hmm. on the consumer and the business side. And it's really resonating. Our PR team is, kudos to them, they are exceptional at getting really legitimate news to mm. cover us, Ad Age and Wall Street Journal and... Um, the sales prediction was huge. Yeah, I mean, Chipotle yeah, wouldn't Chipotle. give us the time of day, and then we met with them directly after we predicted their Q1. That was so good. Out. They were like, it's Whoa. ballsy, ballsy. You got to be. I mean, good. it's hard yeah. to cut through the noise, and so you need to make bold predictions. Mm -hmm. So as a company, we've had similar paths. So when the smartphone came out, evolution of understanding for us mobile tracking, you guys were doing location check-ins. Um, and then our go-to-market has evolved to really focus on enterprise, similar to Foursquare. So let's dive into how we're partnering together. That has also evolved over the last couple of years. Um, so let's start with, obviously, uh, you guys uh, provide targeting, fueling that, and also offline attribution, which is of particular interest to us, and really ingesting that data into our cross-device insights suite. So how are you guys thinking about those different buckets and partnering with um, other players in the ecosystem like a drawbridge who have consumer graphs, a DSP tracking themselves. So how do you guys kind of think about that when you go to market? Sure. Um, I mean, drawbridge specifically fits really well with our business. Um, I think our partnership is three or four years old, which is mm -hmm. awesome to have that longevity in this industry um, when companies pop up and disappear quite yeah. quickly. You know, we, from my standpoint on a partnership side, the more partners I have that can check more boxes, mm -hmm. the easier it is for me without having to sign on a new partner and um, you know, go through terms, go through training and all that. Um, for us, Drawbridge is a great DSP partner. Um, platform's really good. Our traders really like using it. Um, the attribution integration was this nice next step of, yeah. all right, we have great measurement. Mm -hmm. You guys saw the value in that. Let's integrate it and see where we can go. And then the third piece was, you know, there's an expertise in cross-device. Uh, we have to track location on mobile. Um, mm -hmm. and you guys can match cookies to, to mobile device IDs, so perfect. Um, and so it's been this nice evolution, which is my personal ideal for those types of partnerships. Yep. Um, and I look for that in any partnership. So 
you know, anyone can sign a data access deal. Mm -hmm. Is there something that is mutually beneficial for the company? Um, you know, whether it's auto data or CPG measurement data or whatever it might be. There's so much, there's so many companies out there. I think the key is finding companies that you believe in their product yeah. and finding companies that are strategically flexible, mm -hmm. who are willing to get creative with terms and get creative with mutual benefit and, and all that. Um, and I think we've, we've done an exceptional job there across the board between Foursquare and Drawbridge. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, I'd rather fewer better partnerships than mm -hmm. checking every box and saying, oh, yeah, we partner with every single data company. Like, that's not that interesting in my mm -hmm. mind. It just shows that you have, you know, a reasonably responsive mm -hmm. legal team and enough people to sign, you know, sign contracts yeah. with people. I mean, two mobile first companies, one location, one identity. I think it's, it's a match made in heaven. It is. Um, but no, I think it's been an awesome journey. Let's talk about what's next for location um, and how that interweaves with identity. So obviously there are companies who have come out and said, hey, we're going to go down to not, not beyond location because location is still a part of the mix, but go down to product level attribution um, and try to tell, uh, tie in sales back to online. So what is your view as a primarily um, offline via location provider to that level of attribution? I mean, I think it's a great next step. That's been a product level of measurement and uh, cart purchase level measurement have both been around for a while in variety of formats. You know, we're talking to companies that can help close the gap specifically for CPG, for instance, mm -hmm. where we can understand if someone goes into a Walgreens, but we don't know what they bought. And so for us, for the measurement product, we need to pull in data of product level measurement. Mm -hmm. um, and in the proliferation of of mobile and apps and rewards and all those types of things, uh, we look at companies that can fit in well and, and be another good match um, that can help fill in that gap. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that as location in general, as we look at a popularity of that, independent of product, mm -hmm. it is blowing up. I mean, every agency is doing a location review and a location vendor review. How are you different from this person and that person? Um, and it's going to be interesting over the next year, two years, to see how it shakes out, because it's a very competitive space, and I think it's very difficult to differentiate from a, from a location layman how any of these companies are different. Uh, I have, obviously, my thoughts and biases it towards how to Foursquare is different, right? but like, you know, it, it is beyond my own company. You know, it's, it's difficult to decipher real differences between all the different location providers. I think everyone's scratching for an edge and how mm -hmm. to move ahead and how to sign strategic deals, those types of things. But um, in the end, it'll come down to really diving into data quality and, and real technology and how this all works. Um, I could probably spend hours talking about that, but, uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting. And, and part of it is these strategic partnerships with the likes of a drawbridge or with the likes mm -hmm. of a company that can help fill in gaps that location doesn't cover. But another part of it is just like, how good is your data? And then how is that measured? How can you actually show our data is better than their data, which is a very difficult thing to do for anything. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I could turn the question to you, like mm -hmm. in the cross device space, you know, how do you really say like, oh, our cross device graph is this mm -hmm. much more accurate than their cross yeah, device graph exactly. when there's no one who has, other than Facebook and Google, like no one really the has the scale of, yeah. to check that. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky. So I, I think it comes down to kind of the transparency and, and proof in the proverbial pudding. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it helps to be one of the first in the space. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys were one of the first location-based technologies, mobile phones, obviously. We were one of the first identity, and now it's all coming like full swing. And the fact that everyone's coming to market with an identity, everyone has a graph these days. 
Um, everyone has location targeting. Um, but I feel like as consolidation is occurring, partners are cutting down to, okay, who's been doing it the longest? Whose technology has been vetted by other, for us, deterministic partners? So I agree, it's very convoluted. I feel like marketers are, are getting very smart and going back to who entered the market first, who's been able to sustain the technology progression. Yeah. So first of all, you never told me why Pilgrim was the, oh, yeah. the name. Pilgrim. I just remembered that. Um, so when we started, so what Pilgrim does, um, it basically takes the check-in from having to be explicit and someone going into Foursquare or Swarm and saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm here, mm -hmm. um, to being a passive action on the phone. So what Pilgrim, the Pilgrim engine does and what we designed it to do for Foursquare initially and now for external partners is it basically listens to a phone's speed um, to say, all right, is this phone moving? And when the phone stops, it then starts listening for signals it associates with places. So we have 105 million places mapped globally. And that's everything from uh, you know, business centers to offices mm -hmm. to restaurants and stores and all that. Um, so the coverage is, is really immense. Most commercial places you would go to are mapped in our database. Mm -hmm. um, and each of those places has this mobile fingerprint. And so we're able to say, this Wi-Fi signal plus this lat long plus this beacon signal, you know, a whole bunch of different signals that we listen to. When the phone stops, our Pilgrim engine turns on these sensors to say, okay, where am I? Mm -hmm. And then the phone will hear a certain number of signals, and we have these confidence intervals. We're able to say we have a 95% confidence that this person is at the drawbridge office in San Mateo. I see. And not, you know, the office right below or the Starbucks around the corner or whatever it might be. And it's a really impressive tool, especially if you're in a dense urban environment or mm -hmm. even in a mall or a strip mall. There's such a density of venues. We're actually able to understand the signal differences between most of those or all of them in many cases. So that's the, the technology behind it. The reason it's called Pilgrim is that when we first started testing it, when we designed the, the passive location, we had our interns literally walk around New York <laughs> and check to see what Pilgrim, where Pilgrim said they were, and then mm. confirm or deny. And so they were like pilgrims going off to explore the new world. Did they wear outfits or um, they were just... They, we did. We made them dress okay, yeah. um, with the buckles. And, yeah, big turkey uh, dinner after. The, the hats and the <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so that was the name uh, and, and it stuck. So Now I see it much more clearly. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. Let's talk about scale. So the more precise we get, same with identity, the smaller the scale is. So how are you guys combating scale? Like, I know you go through this, our advertisers come to us and say, we want to retarget someone in this environment on this device with this creative who's been to this location. And before you know it, you have 12 people to yeah. target. So how are you guys viewing volume? How are you extrapolating the data or bucketing the data into larger segments so that it can be digestible? Sure. So our data gets extremely granular. Um, you know, we can get segments that have 100 people or 10 mm -hmm. people in it um, if you really wanted to make a custom, crazy custom segment. Mm -hmm. I think the key for scale, it's a mix of, uh, you know, how are you approaching, what inventory are you buying, what signals are you able to pull in. But the bigger thing is honestly being consultative to mm -hmm. the client. So someone says, hey, I want yeah. this one person. You know, when you look at it logically, the response should be, cool, well, like once that person buys, what else, you mm -hmm. know, there's, there's gotta be more out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and so our approach with clients is they give us 
a business need or a business problem that they're looking to solve. And we typically will come back with, hey, we recommend uh, these 10 segments, or um, we've found that mm -hmm. people who go to your stores also go to these 10 stores, so we're going to add those to the target. We consider ourselves experts in our data, as, as any proud data owner should. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you can be consult consultative to a client and say, let's take a step back and understand what's the business goal and how can we help you reach it at scale, it's more than just being a yes man and saying, oh yeah, sure, like we'll target that mom who went to McDonald's and then went to the daycare center and then went to get her nails done at yeah. <laughs> 3 p.m. on in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, that's nobody. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, figuring out how to build your business to have upfront scale, which uh, we've done for our media mm -hmm. targeting product. We've pulled in location signals from external sources to ensure we have a scale beyond just our Foursquare consumer mm -hmm. base. But beyond that, I think with with kind of the consultative approach on how should you be targeting, how should you be mm -hmm. using our data, um, that's a huge piece. Because otherwise, advertisers and agencies get very, they're very confident in, in who they want their target to be. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times, it, once you add other layers of data on top of that, you, you can kind of expand that view. Yeah, like uh, look-like modeling or... Yeah, look-like modeling. Behavioral extension. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are many companies that do social graphing and behavior graphing and things yep. like that. There's different approaches to it, but mm -hmm. I think as long as you can think of a creative and compelling way and then prove it in the results, mm -hmm. that, that's the best way to approach it. Yep. Let's talk about the future. The future. Which? The future. The future. You were afraid I was going to say, let's talk about your future. No, I won't go there. Let's talk about the future. Uh, so, Future of location, let's let's go down the AI route. So how are you guys thinking about artificial intelligence as it relates to not only devices, but obviously location and how you guys are structuring your go-to-market? Sure. Mobile phones, I mean, they're not phones anymore. They're pocket computers. They're with people at all times. And I think the apps that are really going to maintain popularity, grow popularity, et cetera, will have to be location aware. Um, and people are people are willing to share their location, share their data if they're getting something in return for it. There are a lot of apps that just turn on location to monetize that. I think that's not sustainable. I think people are will kind of wise up to that and say, why does this game need my location? There's no mm -hmm. component. And a big part of, of the SDK push is we're powering functionality. We're actually powering the location intelligence of an app. When you think of AI or, or more specifically augmented reality, um, you know you look at the popularity, albeit brief, of Pokemon Go. Yeah, it was getting people outside and applying the game to their day-to-day -day life. And while it was a bit of a fad, though I'm sure there still have lots and lots of users, I think you're going to see that across the board. Tinder, you know understanding what bars people go to and matching mm -hmm. you based on what you like to do or coupon apps who already work with us yeah. pinging you to make sure you don't forget that coupon because you may save it and be like sweet 20% off and then you know like those bed bath and beyond coupons that everyone has in their you know in a folder in their home that they get in the mail and yeah. you forget every time <laughs> in the store you're like damn it I forgot it but I think like we power the geo filters for venues on uh, Snapchat and mm. Snap has done an amazing job making brief moments locationally yeah. relevant um, and adding these geo filters and so they've signed us because we had the most comprehensive and accurate map of mm -hmm. the world and yeah so I, I think it's going to come down to at a broad level not just advertising 
to who's smart about interacting with people based on where they are and changing the experience. Like you could have a game yeah. that changes based on mm -hmm. based on where you are. You know, whether it is going and searching for things like Pokemon Go, or even just changing the environment or background of something like uh, you know Candy Crush or Angry Birds or something like that. Weaving people are on their phones wherever they are. I yeah. think to a disturbing amount, but having all of the apps they interact with relate to that is the clear next step of mm -hmm. any company that's that's forward thinking. And I mean, with millennials, we had a whole podcast about millennials. I'm sure you listened. Um, it was about how millennials want an experience. It's my like, ringtone, actually. <laughs> All right, but welcome to the podcast. That's welcome the ringtone. To the that's how I wake up every morning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with Snapchat, I think when they... Um, obviously when they added the selfies, but when they started making it more of an experience that you could share with your friends, I mean, even for Foursquare and Swarm, like when I'm the mayor and I'm getting coins, I'm like, hell yeah, I am. Hell yeah, I'm the mayor. Hells yeah, you Hells are. yeah, I am. Um, so it is all about the experience. It's not just about the technology you're getting. Um, even nowadays when you go onto sites, it's not just about going to find a product. It's a cool video with models walking through and this is what you look like in our clothes and it's music. What and sites it's, are you going to? I can't. Can't share these. <laughs> Can't share those now. <laughs> Even at uh, Mobile World Congress, they just announced the 5G spec, and it's phenomenal, like how much bandwidth and speed and all that kind of stuff you can have. And, and I think that's going to be another perfect storm for all these mobile devices. And then if you look at forward first come countries like China, you know what you can do. You walk by a restaurant, you get the coupon, you go in, you get the menu pops up on your phone, you pay by yeah. phone. I mean, we're kind of in the U.S., it's a very different environment, but there's these hyper environments that are out there that, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be another thing as the wave comes to the U.S., that's going to be another kind of bump, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, like NFC hasn't really taken off in the US, but you have to imagine that you're gonna be able to start, you see something on the street or in a store or in a billboard and it's like, bye, and you just, you take a picture of it or you hold your phone up. Mm -hmm. Like people have tried to do that with QR codes and people are like, mm -hmm. what is that thing? Yeah. Why do I need an app to do this? <laughs> um, and then the NFC thing hasn't been mm -hmm. as big, like other than mobile payments, hasn't been a huge, as huge a thing. The phone is such an extension of people mm -hmm. And people are places. Um, and so having the phones be more aware of that location. It's a huge amount of data, which uh, companies will leverage and, and sure. monetize. But that's part of the game, I guess. Yeah, and if I'm having a good experience, I'll trade off any piece of data on my phone. It's The reality is, I mean, people, I understand concerns over privacy. There should be concerns over privacy. But at the same time, no company that is doing any type of monetization cares about you. They care about they people. Care about your, yeah. They care about exactly. you and the other 10,000, mm -hmm. 100,000 million people who are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you're unique to what you do, you're not that valuable because your spending power, unless you're like Bill Gates and you're that one person, mm -hmm. like your spending power is pretty low as an individual. Yeah. Um, so it's all en masse. Like the data is anonymized. Who, you know, I don't want them tracking where I am. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing something that's worth tracking, or like that you're worried about, don't be worried about. Hopefully consumers get that sentiment that I think everybody, if not the huge majority in the ecosystem are just trying to make consumer experiences better yeah. by using all this data and technology. I mean, it's, it's, it's capitalist financial society. It's also capitalist data society. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're getting value back for the data that you're effectively paying with, I mean, it's a transaction. You're giving yourself your information for free content on the web, for using these apps. Mm -hmm. um, companies need to survive somehow. I was just in Cuba, and uh, it's a very different world down there where there's no hierarchy of jobs. And like doctors get paid like 25 Cuban pesos a month, and like taxi drivers make more because they make tips. 
And it's like, nobody, nobody yeah. can be rich there. And you're like, okay, well, I appreciate the U.S. a lot more because like, <laughs> there's like, the opportunity right, to, to grow and there's opportunity yeah. to like improve yourself. Why didn't you check in in Cuba, by the way? I had my phone off the entire time. I didn't use internet. It was the best week I've had in a long time. You might have fallen out of our graph during that period. Probably. I could sure reset we, I'm my, sure we got you back. I reset my device identifier. No, I didn't. <laughs> Just to fall out of your off graph? the map. No, it was great having no internet for a week. I don't know if I, I might like start like twitching. Highly recommend. Take it. Yeah? Take a week. Take a vacation and turn your phone off. It's the best. You're like, what do I do Our now? CEO listens to, listens to this, so I would never, ever do that. So Tyler, what are your recommendations for brands, advertisers tuning in today on how they should be thinking about location and their brand and their users and potential users? Sure. Uh, I think location is still pretty new. I mean... Some of the companies in the industry have been around for five or six years, but it, from an adoption standpoint, it's still pretty new. And I think a lot of people just think of location as, oh, it's my mobile tactic that I'm going to real-time target people. Location is much, much more than that. I mean, you really need to step back and think of location as people. Like, no one ever doesn't have their phone unless mm-hmm. they're me in Cuba. Um, <laughs> it's It's such an extension of people that location can really help you understand your consumers in a way that you've never been able to before because it's not just this person browses these sites or they um, you know, went to this app or they did whatever. Like It's where they are, where they spend their time. Um, you know, do you get up in the morning? Do you go to the gym? Do you go to a coffee shop? Do you go to work? Where do you, where do you eat lunch, et cetera? It can really get you to understand about your consumers at a very personal level. Mm-hmm. And so I think for advertisers, uh, when thinking about location and specifically when thinking about Foursquare, it's beyond just how do I activate a media campaign? It's how can a location intelligence suite, like what does my partner offer, whether your partner is Foursquare or not, but what are the solutions, especially at the, you know, agencies are focused on media execution yeah. and measurement. But when you're talking about brands and, and advertisers specifically, they have lots of business problems and business goals that they're trying to solve for. So how can an understanding of what people do uh, really help them solve their business problems? Mm -hmm. And what I love about how we've evolved our business is our suite of solutions. If you're retailer X and you want to understand, okay, I want to target people who shop at my competitors. Mm -hmm. I want to see how effective my media is at driving people into my store. I want to see how I stack up against my competitors from an overall foot traffic standpoint Mm -hmm. for placing a new store or for you know going after certain types of competition and then I want to engage with my consumers like you look at that and it's okay well first one pinpoint check the box you can target the people mm-hmm. second one attribution check the box you can measure third one analytics you can get this really deep understanding at a store by store level to mm-hmm. what people are doing and then the fourth one is the SDK so you know whoever it is Macy's or JC Penney mm-hmm. or Kohl's or whoever it might be um, if you're listening, call me. Call me. But, uh, you know, you can add <laughs> Pilgrim into your app and ping people to say, hey, you know, if you see them walk into your competitor, you can ping them and say, hey, 20% off today. Cool. Mm-hmm. Or when they walk into your store, you can say, welcome back. Come check out our new coffee shop mm-hmm. on floor five. So you can engage with and understand and reach your consumers in a really real world way. And so locations much more than just, I want to geofence my stores or I want to geofence my competitors. It's how can I interact and understand mm-hmm. my consumers throughout their day, wherever they might be? We have a similar slide. Um, maybe you stole it. It's uh, our 360-degree view of a consumer. Have you seen that? 
Uh, You're I not going to admit it if you have. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it goes back to the same. It's it's anonymized for us, so if we have the face blurred out. But it's what device are they on? What content face. are they browsing? It is Mike's face. Just sitting in the distance. Thank God it was blurred out. <laughs> I'm in a lot of slides, but I don't think I'm in that one. <laughs> Mike's in videos. Uh, no, it's what device they're on, what content they're browsing, where they're at, um, where they've been, what they're interested in. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a very similar approach that we're taking. It's about the consumer and understanding who they are and, and ultimately what they want. The, so the, the buzzword of the day, people to people marketing. People to people. person-based marketing. Yeah. Brian's like, it's person-based. No, people-based. People-based. Individual person-based. No, I think it's true. Like with anything, with targeting and attribution, if you can get rid of what I call proxy metrics and get to real stuff, I think location is such a powerful tool to have in your arsenal for both those things. Yeah. I'm really happy that I made the move to Foursquare when I did, just because it was right on the cusp of everyone mm -hmm. being like, oh my God, location, we need it. Mm -hmm. And what's our strategy? Um, I think people are still formulate, formulating their strategy, but it's been really cool to see it become such a mainstream component of everyone's uh, media strategy and measurement strategy. And it's a fun time. When did you join Foursquare? How long uh, have you been there? Uh, I've joined at the beginning of 2015. so two and a quarter years yeah. almost. Yeah, that's great. We talk about that too, just the sales lag of adoption. You have the greatest mm -hmm. stuff in the world, but it's just getting people to believe it and understand it and adopt it and not, we should say, bucket us in the innovation bucket. Like, yeah, yeah we'll try that, but it's not yeah. part of our mainstream media buy. And we're still, you know, it's still an evangelical sell, you know, for yeah. all of us. Cause we're kind of, we live and breathe it every day. And we're like, yeah, we're so smart. Why does this stuff work so great? Why aren't people adopting it? It's like, they've got processes in place. They've got functional buys, you know, the way people, in a spreadsheet, like lump their buys and bucket their buys. It's like you've got to start to fit in there. I think there's also, and, and to no fault of anyone at an agency, but there's such a comfort factor that plays yeah. into who you work with. Um, who do you have relationships with? Who are you familiar with? And agency people are very, you know, wor worked hard and, you know, they get 100,000 vendors calling them every single day, it's difficult to navigate the space. Um, and so a big part of it is just timing and persistence. And we're, we're later to the market from a uh, media offering standpoint than many of our competitors, even though we started mobile location effectively. And so a lot of it is, oh, Foursquare, yeah, I used to have the app or I have the app. Uh, what, do you, what? what do you guys do? It's, it's a lot of that education piece and, yeah. um, and really cracking at the right time. It's tough. That's why I love data licensing, though, because it's, I mean, uh, in the media landscape, it's so convoluted between all these DSPs and all this technology that under that's the undertone of the DSPs. On the data licensing side, people are going after a location vendor, and Foursquare is very obvious, a go-to. People are looking for an identity solution, and Drawbridge is the go-to. So we both have the opportunity to sit across enterprise as well, and um, I'm... I'm the most excited I think about that line because it's 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 a given like people who like I to go back to the earlier point who really started location you know and who really started identity all right enough work for today let's do something fun uh, so that's what I say every day at 10 a.m. <laughs> when we start it's drinking. 10 30 uh, that's enough work for today. Fun. Uh, let's go out with the interns to the bars and check in exactly okay so I learn something new about you all the time, and I recently learned that you are a acapella group member, various acapella not, groups. Not currently, but I have, I've have had been. quite the prolific acapella history. So you're retired. Well, I would like to bring you out of retirement because I, one, want to hear I'm your on voice. I'm sabbatical. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going sabbatical. Go. I'm going to Cuba. I can't say. Um, Great I, singing, Cuba. Though. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. All right. So I'm super nosy, and I love Foursquare. So I'm going to ask some questions, just for my curiosity about checking in and swarm. But here's the catch: you have to sing the response. Oh, jeez. And there's there's an audience out there who will be weighing in on how good your voice is. No, that's so mean. Okay. So first question, and you have to sing the response. Okay. What is the most checked in place on Swarm? The, by the way, this is assuming you know the answer. I don't know the answer. Okay, you, uh, you have to say, I don't know the answer. I think it's Starbucks. Whoa. That's Maybe. good. I'm not sure, but I think Starbucks, Starbucks is up really? there. Yeah. A lot of people go to Starbucks. You have a good voice. Thanks. No, now you don't. Thank you very much. All right, next question. What was the very first place someone ever checked into outside of Dennis or whoever? Jeez, you were asking really difficult questions. <laughs> Sorry, um, you didn't sing. That doesn't count. What is the first place? I'm going to have to follow up on that. Oh, my um, gosh. Maybe you should. I mean, you're very good at what you do, but you also have a great voice. Maybe uh, not good enough to, to make go on American money Idol. It, I mean, you could try American Idol. Next question is, how many times do you have to check in on average to be the mayor? Because I'm constantly like being competitive. I know it's how popular the right. place is. and it's also where where you're at, like New York. It's I'm sure there's population. No yeah, when I go home to Indiana, I check in once. It's like mayor, mayor. But <laughs> yeah. um, I am not saying this, but um, <laughs> it, it's entirely dependent on mm. the place because my building gym. I live in an apartment building. When I go in the morning, I go like I don't know three or four times a week, and it's not a public gym. Like this is a gym in my building. And there's somebody in my building who I've never met who is a Swarm wow. super user. And it's probably she, your wife. She has, it's not. This person has like 13,000 check-ins, which is wow. crazy. Whoa. That's a huge I'm amount of check-ins. check mine right wow. now. And I'm total, totally stalking you. I apologize if you happen to be listening, which would be an amazing coincidence. She <laughs> keeps knocking me off as mayor of my gym. It's actually what? great incentive That's to awesome. keep going yeah. to the gym because I'm like, God damn it. Amanda is her name. How um, many total check-ins do you have? Not that many. I started. I started using Swarm when I started working at Foursquare. So what I think do you I think is like a good number? Um, like, I'm a power user status. If you're like over six or seven thousand, like that's Ooh. a oh. that's, that's a fail, fail. What are you, Ryan? Uh, fourteen ninety five. I'm three nine five eight. Almost. That's five. good. That's really good. Really? Yeah. A little trivia. Who's the mayor of Drawbridge here? Are you? I've never checked it. So th- okay, now it's I don't, on. Now it's on. I gotta keep ahead of you. Oh, now I'm gonna just check it. Ryan's the mayor. I go for easy that, crowns. You should, can the, you make that your like text that, sound? Yeah. I go for so cheap crowns. I mean, I don't check in. Like if I go to the same place like over and over, I don't check in. I don't know why. Like I never check in at work. Also, I never check like, in at to work. To be the mayor of Foursquare HQ. That's funny. Who's that, Dennis? Typically, it's our ops manager, Angela. She is <laughs> awesome, but she is also there like six days a week. So you can't, like, you need to, because there, well, there are She says she's there. There are people who check in every single day when they get in the office. And so as an employee, like, you need to go in on a weekend to get the mayorship. Because otherwise, if people are there for a month, that's a good point. 20 plus days a month. That's a good point. Yeah. But if it was a salesperson, they wouldn't. No, salespeople don't want to share where they are. Please. Salespeople don't don't go oh, on I've the got weekends. an afternoon meeting. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. <laughs> I won't be back in the office. Uh, <laughs> Manny, Manny Petty. Yeah, Manny Petty time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Do you want to sing Finally. something, Haley? No, I. Mike? If I sing Quietly something, if I sing something, you're going to break the mic. It will break. the 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 windows will shatter. I think you're selling yourself. You, you you never go to karaoke. Yeah, when I'm I'm like twelve. 
gin and tonics. I deep. said we should have started drinking at the beginning. Yeah, of that. I mean, seriously, it would take like twelve gin and tonics for me to be like Brian's a mayor and like feel comfortable about my yeah. voice in a Brooklyn accent. Oh yeah, we 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 have to sign off with that. So let's do that. An accent. So you have to sign off the podcast with your best accent or character, character. impression. I used to do a pretty good Chris Walken, but it's not great anymore. Ooh, that's a good one. That would definitely be a first. Let it rip. Haley, this podcast has been amazing, and I was really happy that I came all the way down to San Mateo, even though it's super far from San Francisco. Thanks, Drawbridge. <laughs> it's like, Jay, I noticed your dog was in here a moment ago. That dog had no tail. What happened? <laughs> Goodbye. I gotta Goodbye. go film a movie. <laughs> All right, we'll see you soon in New York. Yes. A better location than this. I tied in location, no? It was. We'll be able to, oh. we'll check in together <laughs> in New York. All the, all the mean stairs. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.